Welcome to the EntrePastors podcast. This show helps pastors think, act, and thrive as prosperous entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Les Hughes and John Sanders. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Entre Pastors podcast. My name is John Sanders, one of the co-hosts of the show here with my other co-host, better looking half, Les Hughes. Les, what's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm just glad to be behind the scenes, John, the, the voice of Entre Pastors. You go for it. You are the voice and I'm the eye candy. I think that's what our <laughs> LLC papers drew up it. legally, so that is entirely not true. How you doing, man? I'm, I'm really good. It's been an awesome day already. We've had a lot of good stuff happening in our world. I'm looking forward to sharing it with everybody. Yeah, for sure. You know what Wednesdays are for me, Les? This week it happens to be Wednesday that we're recording this episode, and uh, Wednesdays for me on my calendar are pretty much all entree pastors. There's a few other little appointments here and there that pop on the calendar, but for the most part, Wednesday is a day fully set aside to focus on entree pastors. So I just get excited when Wednesdays roll around for me because it's just one call after another, coaching, recording stuff, webinars, podcasts, like it's, it's good stuff, man. I love being, I I love the efficiency of that because I think we really are efficient with the time that we have. Uh, I really love what's going on right now. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Hey man, this week we are going to wrestle with a question that uh, has come up a few times as you and I've been building this entree pastors platform. We've heard it worded in different ways. Sometimes it even comes in more subtle ways like hate mail on the internet. You know, when people (laughs) respond to things they see on social media, um, people are so brave on social media to say things they they wouldn't say, but but we've kind of summarized it with the, what's going to be the title of the episode. And it's this, does the Bible prohibit prohibit rather a pastor's side hustle like is that something that uh, we should stay away from uh less what would be a scripture that someone might reach for to you know defend that position or to to make that case that a pastor really should be limited to just one role of income in in his church role yeah well i love the fact i love how you phrased that that what's one that they might reach for because the fact is that they have reached for this <laughs> and so there there is a passage of scripture and you know what well meaning well meaning people let's give them the benefit of the doubt uh, sometimes well meaning i'll give a few so, of them the benefit of the doubt they're yeah, not all well meaning some are just jerks but keep going yeah some can just be quiet yeah so um there is a passage of scripture uh, in First Corinthians chapter nine, all right, where you know the Church of Corinth were—they were something, right? I mean, they were a handful. They had problems. Oh my gracious! So, but but you know what? They were they're they're um, people that were made in the image of God. The Apostle Paul was called to go there and um, to make disciples, and so man, that's what he did. They had some issues, and and uh, one of their issues had to do with. His credentials, uh, his credentials as a uh, as a leader, as in their case as a as a church planter, um, you know he was going around. They the disciples were going around and they were getting offerings from different places to take back to the people in Jerusalem in particular because of some scare some poverty uh, that was there, some some needs that were there. So evidently there, there were those that had issues with that. And, and even those that had issues with whether 
Paul or others, maybe people like Timothy and and Titus and others who many of the, they, them had stepped back from their professions or were spending so much time, you know, making disciples that that became their livelihood. And so in that passage of scripture, just to paraphrase some of it, the apostle Paul is saying, you know, even the law of Moses said, don't, don't muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain. In other words, man, don't keep somebody from making a living who's out there wanting to work. And then later on in that passage, here's the verse that, that people will use sometimes. The, le- the verse 14 there says, in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. The, mm. the caveat to that is nowhere in that verse does it say only, okay? That, that verse of scripture by the people that you're referring to is being used and pulled out to to not make it okay for pastors to earn income in any other way when the the way that the apostle Paul used that passage was to say, if somebody's making their living from the gospel, it's all right to pay. In fact, you should pay them and help support them. So you would say what to that? Well, I'm going to say you're getting ahead of me because so slow down, Les, slow down. I know you have a doctorate and I have an associate's degree in fire science. I'm getting kind of worked up. Unless it took me five years to get that two-year associate's degree in fire (laughs) science to learn how to put out fire. It's really not that complicated. Anywho, uh, you you are far better at exegeting a passage than am I. But when the when verse 14 starts off with in the same way, dot dot dot, the Lord has commanded. Okay, so that means we probably need to look at the verses above it to say, well, in what same way? But I want so often we do this, and we do this with a lot of things. Sometimes in in the church we have a verse that we'll just quote part of the verse without even looking at the full context. So kind of the way it gets packaged for us much of the time is they don't even read the first part of that verse 14. They just go right to the, those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel, which Mm -hmm. kind of sounds like it's saying, if you're a pastor, your living should come from being a pastor. Therefore you should not get paid to do anything other than pastor. And if that's all it said, then I would be tempted to go, yeah, it kind of sounds like that's what the Bible's saying there, that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But it's not just saying that. It's saying so much more. So now we can get back to where you were a little bit getting ahead of things. Because, yes, if you go further back in that passage, less, it's making the case for a pastor to be paid for the work that they do in the ministry in the church, right? I mean, that's really because it's quoting the Old Testament law about don't muzzle the ox well it's treading out the grain i think it's comparing us to ox is that am i following that correctly like essentially paul's calling yep. the pastors oxen right we could make some jokes Pretty about much. that but basically he's saying look if if they're doing work they deserve to be they deserve to eat while they're doing their work you know he talks in verse 7 about you know does a soldier serve at their own expense or who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes who tends a flock and does not drink the milk. So we have this ability and right, maybe I should say to, to it's a, it's a reasonable expectation to receive compensation from the, the work that we are doing. So for me, this is just a case that this is making a case that pastors should get paid to do the work that they're doing. This is not excluding a pastor from having a side hustle or a business or two or three businesses of their own in addition to the work that they do as a pastor. Am I right in looking yeah, at it that way? hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm agreeing. In fact, John, let, let's just go a little, a step further. 
hey, the fact is that there are people, some people that are making a lot of money. All right. They would say, and others would say, by leveraging the gospel, not, not so much in a healthy way sometimes. And I think it's much more consistent with what a Christ follower should do to earn some honest income in the marketplace as a follower of Christ, okay, than it is to, you know, peddle, if you want to use that word, to peddle the gospel and, and in some cases take advantage and manipulate people because of the things that they may be going through and using the gospel as a tool to do that. Now I know that not everybody who makes a, a, a generous income from their ministry does that. I, I, in fact, most don't, but somebody that's living a life like that, and we've seen the headlines. Okay. Somebody that's, that's doing that. They could say, well, I'm making my, my money from, you know, I, I preach the gospel. That's how I'm, that's how I'm receiving my living. I would say there's a lot of different ways in the marketplace that are, are healthier than some would do by uh, some kind of ministry. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, looking up a scripture. I just preached a sermon on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were in. I'm a, trying to be diplomatic. I'm really. I, I don't want to paint everybody with the same stroke because that's just not who we are. You are but being diplomatic. Fact, yeah. And and yeah. I was even going to say put more you know say more because I don't what I don't want less is for someone to miss I think I understand what you're saying I don't want yeah, I will. pastor I'll out there to, okay I can be more blunt about yeah, yeah. it there are people out there that are that are selling little uh, pieces of cloth that they prayed over saying they'll heal people if you put that piece of cloth on your you know on your sore hip instead of having a hip replacement they'll, they'll heal you send me a hundred bucks yeah they would say I'm making my living from the gospel that's bull yeah there there's, you go there's your Greek there's your Greek word. There you go. Bull. That I think, yeah. yes, that's in there. Yeah. Yes. I like that word. So, <laughs> yeah, I, so that's what I'm saying. Good. That's what I'm, I'm glad. Saying. I, I just wanted to, to have you be more clear on that because I don't want a, a legitimate pastor out there who's barely getting paid enough to feed their family listening to this going, I think Les just accused me of manipulating the gospel to, oh, man, to make money. That, that's not who we're or talking about. No. I was no. recently, our church was finishing up a series on Mark chapter 12, and, and I was at the end of that passage uh, versus, I think I was teaching through like verse 38 through the end of the chapter. And this is where Jesus is giving warning against the religious establishment. And he says a lot of things about them, about how they like to walk around in their flowing robes and be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. Verse 40, they devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. He goes on to say, these men will be punished most severely. So we kind of broke that down and talked about that. But when you when you started saying that, Les, it just triggered that in my mind that I recently preached on this and just made the point that there are those even today, this is a, still a modern issue, those that that use their position of authority or their spiritual influence to call people to sow their seed. And they're, they're really, in many cases, preying on donations coming from little old ladies on a fixed income who sow their seed of faith. And with that seed of faith, these guys take it and live luxurious, extravagant lifestyles, you know, multiple mansions and flying around the world in private jets. And, and, and it, it gives the whole thing a bad name. And so I'm not naming names. I'm not pointing fingers. Uh, we yeah. don't always know every source of income that some of those players have. It maybe isn't all coming from donations, but the appearance looks that way. And, sure. um, 
So, yeah, it, we're not talking about a pastor who's leading a church of 130 people barely getting paid $60,000 a year because I'm right. I would reach to this passage in 1 Corinthians and say this this supports you getting a paycheck for doing the work that you're doing. So, um I I think that pastors are worthy of being paid. We could take this in a different route too, less what here's here's one of the things that bugs me about what we've the way we've generally thought of vocational ministry. Much of the time we have approached, and by we I mean the church as a whole, just painting with a broad brush, we approach bivocational ministry with the mindset of if our pastor goes out and works a full-time job somewhere else, then then we can afford not to pay him as a church. And so pastors view it as I have to go do this job in order to support my pastoral habit. And I'm not a big fan of that. Like I think a pastor should be paid and they should be paid for the work that they're doing, even if their minister or their their business is blowing up to where they don't need a salary. I still think their church should pay them. And what they do with that money is between them and God, they can give or do whatever they want with it. Yeah. I still think according to First Corinthians nine, they're worthy of their wage. What say you to that? Yeah, I agree. And if you want to come full circle to it, um, you know, there's something about in 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 some circles, let's say, um, the pastor has a um the role of the pastor has a reputation in some ways of uh kind of always having their hand out. That's not true, but I'm just saying there's a there's a perception some especially to somebody who has that kind of mindset toward the church. Yeah. And um when you when you have the means either either because of your the income that you're earning from the church or even even in the marketplace. You know, we know people, John, who they don't expect to be blessed monetarily from other people, they but they will bless others. And when somebody kind of expects, for example, when they go out to eat with you or me and they expect us to get alligator arms or dinosaur arms when it comes time for that check, you know, oh, let me get, the, but we're moving in slow motion, you know, yeah. when, when we, when I grab that before they do and never even act as if I expect them to get it, you can see the surprise on people's faces because they expect when they go out to eat with the pastor that they got to, they got to get it, you mm. know? But when you bless them or bless, we are able to bless a couple just because you're, you're out there in the marketplace as well. And you got the means to do that. It just changes somebody's perception. And all of a sudden now we're there to give and to bless and not just to receive from somebody. Yeah, that's and good. I, I get also, there are times that the people, they want to bless God and they, sometimes people will bless the pastor because that's their way of blessing a ministry. And that's fine too. That's just, you got to discern that for yourself, but I'm telling you, there is something about being able to sit down and not expect that. Yeah. That's very liberating. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And by the way, just on a side note, the next time you and I are together in a restaurant, can you demonstrate what those speedy arms look like when the check comes? <laughs> sure. I, I just want to see you show me how that works. <laughs> glad That'd be so to. cool. Be glad to. No, I'm just messing with you. No, this is good. Les. I, and again, I think that it's this kind of, um, thinking that gets that we as pastors often just accept and we just you know take ownership of these ideas that aren't necessarily biblical They're like this I don't think God is saying to his people through this verse hey pastors I only want you to do one thing I want you to be a w2 employee where you get one paycheck from one church because those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel 
we need to challenge some of these, you know, long held conceptions about how we think of things and the mindset around them. And uh, this is a good one to challenge because if I could just give pastors listening to this the gift of liberty, it's, here's the good mm-hmm. news. It's already been given to us. Like it, it's not my gift That's to right. give. Jesus gave it. We are free. We have way more mm-hmm. freedom than we've been led to believe much of the time. And so pastor, I, we just want to challenge you. You have the freedom to have a side hustle. Um, yeah. This might be a little controversial less, but even if your church says you don't, you have the freedom. Like, again, you have to figure out what that means and how to sort all that out. But it is not the Lord that's holding you back from being out in the marketplace and having a side hustle. If you've chosen to align with, you know, an an external structure that is limiting that, well, then that's that's a different conversation that you got to think through. And certainly we could be here to talk with you through that and look at some options that might be there for you. But yeah, uh, I we think you know, the, it's a good thing when pastors are in the marketplace building something of their own in addition to the local church. Yeah, and you know the bottom line of all of that, and you 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 can probably put it even better than this. But here here's what I'm thinking. We read a I read a book. Uh, I've read it several times, and the guy that wrote the book has a tag. The, his tagline is "Here it is on a bumper sticker." Hmm. Just to summarize it, so here here it is on a bumper sticker. You may choose to go all in with a, a ministry or a position on a church staff. And that really is between you and the Lord, but, he, and, and you may decide not to, not to do anything at all in the marketplace, no kind of side hustle and anything like that. You can, you can make that decision and it should be respected, but here's what we're saying on a bumper sticker. You don't have to say no to other opportunities because the Bible tells you to. That's good. Okay. That that's just not there. There are other reasons that you, but you you don't have to be prohibited from that because somewhere in scripture it says that you can't. Because in our understanding, it's just not there. Very good. There you go. We we have settled that one. Maybe next week we'll clear <laughs> up another go. big uh, verse misconception. But uh, no, I, I like that, and I'm glad you brought that up, Les, because we're not saying, Pastor, that you should go start a business. Not maybe not every pastor desires that, or you don't want that, and that's fine. That's we're not here to prescribe this or to convince you that you should go do it. But we want you to know that it's a good thing if you do, and that it's okay if you do. And and yeah, we celebrate that. We have lots of reasons. We've unpacked them in other episodes. Less where where. But if you're a new listener, let me just label a few of them. I'll probably miss some. But why is it good for a pastor to have some some multiple additional streams of revenue? Well, one, we think it's good when pastors have financial margin in their life. We just do. Like I'm I'm kind of over the narrative of the starving pastor. So we think it's good when a pastor actually has some financial space in their life and ability to to have options at their disposal. We think it's good for their church when that financial pressure is removed. We think that um, it gets them out in the marketplace. This is an amazing thought, Les, but there's actually unsaved people out in the marketplace that aren't sitting in your church building Monday through Friday, eight to five in your office. Like They're actually out there. And we think that pastors have a lot of valuable skills to take out to the marketplace and uh, be rewarded for financially there. We, we think it takes away some of the uh, power struggles that have been there in the past, maybe in, in certain situations that have kept pastors either intimidated into silence or, you know, making a hard choice of being true to God's word and preaching what God has put on their heart 
and paying a price of being let go from a church because they made Gladys mad and Gladys was the power broker in the church. Dead gum glass. Dang Gladys. Yeah, but it's a real thing. I mean, you and I know yeah. pastors that have experienced that heartbreaking I've situation. Talked, I've talked in the last week with somebody who was having to make that really hard decision, knowing it was going to cost him. There you go. There you go. And so again, it's not saying that's going to fix the church thing, but boy, it takes that sting away, that threat away. It's like, you can't threaten me with my paycheck. I make three times as much in my business as I do working here in the church. So I'm not afraid of you anymore, Gladys. So anyway, there's a lot of benefits when, when pastors are out in the marketplace. Hey, John, can I tell you this? I, uh, I know of a personal situation where uh, a committee in a church cut the pastor's salary by 50,000 over $50,000 to try and pressure him to move on because they weren't on the stage as far as the direction that the church was going. Wow. Wow. Your internet cut out there just a little bit less, but I think what I heard you say is that you know of a situation where a pastor's pay was cut over $50,000 to basically punish that person for yeah. not having their yeah. vision aligned with where the church wanted right. to go. Yeah. They basically didn't have the courage to just tell them they needed to leave and then help them move out. Instead, they, they behind the scenes just took away the money. Yeah. And again, we don't want this podcast to be a platform of negativity where we're scaring pastors. But again, if you've been in pastoral leadership for more than about five minutes, you've heard these stories too. You've probably experienced them to some degree. Um, or at least, you know, someone who has, so we're not making this up. We're not trying to be, you know, chicken little, the sky is falling. It's just, this is the rea one of the realities of what the church has become. And we think that when pastors are not solely dependent upon that one source of income, it just gives them some options, some boldness to lead as God has called them to lead and not really worry about some of those external things. I'll share this too, for, because a lot of the people listening to us don't know me personally. I don't know how I could love the bride of Christ any more than I do. I mean, I, I love her. I love the bride, man. I love the groom. So I love the bride. That doesn't change the fact that there are some people that have some really weird motives, you know, mm -hmm. inside the, maybe they're inside the body. Their, their name is on the yeah. church roll anyway, you know, yeah. I'll let God decide all the other stuff. So I, I love the bride, but the reality is that's what a lot of our, uh, colleagues are dealing with. They are. Yeah. And as you said, this gives people the freedom to just not worry about all that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, we just want to wrap it up. This is going to be a little bit more uh, brief episode, but we thought this would be a good content to create Wait, what, an episode that, around. Back, backstage. Whoa. Oh, backstage? What's going on I backstage? Got some bad news about backstage, Les. Are you ready? We were What's gonna up? go. We were gonna go backstage and have just a powerful conversation for our backstage listeners. But I got a memo saying that uh, our swimming pool is under repair and they got the whole area cordoned oh, off back there. So man. no backstage content Dude. this week. Sorry about okay. that. No, no, I thought it, you got the memo. It. It'd be worth. No, I didn't see that. It'd be worth it. I did. Maybe they're putting in a hot tub right next to it or something. They are bringing the buffet out here, though, for when we're done. So that's why we're good. wrapping up a awesome. little early. The buffet is coming okay, out good. into the studio. So we got to make room for that. But hey, well, right. hey, man, uh, before we sign off, we just want to say thanks to all of you for being listeners to the show. Uh, we're really excited about what God is doing with this platform and the way it's growing and the people we're reaching, the success stories that we're hearing from you. So thank you so much 
for being listeners out there. If you find value in this content, we'd be so grateful if you just share it with other people in your network and in your world and uh, help us get the word out about it. So Les, anything else before we sign off this week? No, appreciate you. All Thank right. you everybody for, for listening. If you'd go in and, and leave us a good review, we'd be thankful for that. Or, or even better, you know, share it with somebody that you think would benefit by it. There you go. Well, Les, have a great week, man. As always, it's fun hanging out in the studio, solving all the biblical problems of the world. So let's do it again soon. All right. See you.